How you doing? Wanted to talk about this, or the Orlando shooting, but I needed to do it in a venue, I, not Facebook or a blog. I ha I had to, I have to do it somewhere where people can't respond <laughs> to, to what I'm saying, because otherwise I will be driven insane by by people. This God, just all you madden me. All of you, just you madden me. A news, a new, some some big news story jumps up, and people read a half a paragraph and a headline, and they have their own little pet issues, and they they have their opinion based on that, and you can't get them to go down any other avenue of thought besides that. This happens, and you can't. This shooting, for example, it happens. There, there isn't anything I would be able to type into a blog or into Facebook and finish the thought that didn't involve whether or not we should ban Muslims or ban guns. That, that's all that's in people's head. I, I, I could type in that I think there's some psychology involving how he was dressed that would occlude people in and all the all the comments would be about gun control you, you see what I you, you know what I'm talking about take a step back and look at all the comments about anything at any time it's left versus right on on whatever the pet issue is and, and there's no way to get them to focus on any other minutia or detail of a subject it's just, it's maddening. But at least with a podcast, I can verbally spit it all out and it goes into your brain. And, and you can't respond. You have to just sit there and listen. And then, and then hopefully because it's a different way of inputting the information, it's not the computer screen that you're used to knee-jerk reacting to, uh, we can all get somewhere. That's my hope. <laughs> That's my vain hope here. And by the way, Trump, the soon-to-be a-hole-in-chief, jumps on Twitter and pops off about how he was right about Muslims and everybody's all over his ass. Yeah, he's an a-hole. We already knew he was an a-hole. What's the rest of your excuses? Because he didn't do anything I didn't see everybody else doing. This happened, I saw everybody jumping up going, Oh, see, I've been saying this about guns. Oh, I've been saying this about Muslims. I've been saying we need more gun control. What's the difference between you doing that and him getting on there and saying, I told you so? Nothing. So you're a-holes too. How about we just, can't we have a grace period? And I don't blame Trump because it's the, this is the tail wagging the dog. This is the environment he's living in, and he didn't create it. We created it. You people created it. And it started, you know, five mass shootings ago, or, or more, where as soon as there's a tragedy, up jumps everybody with a political opinion. It's monkey see, monkey do. And you're blaming him? He, you know, he jumped up before the bodies were cold and said, I told you so, because 
this is how we act in this country. And it's not him. He didn't start this movement on his own in August. We've been like this. He's a product of his environment. The, the environment that we all created. Because we can't take two steps back. And we all think our opinion matters so much before you know the bodies are cold. And the toes are tagged. And everybody always wants to do something about it. Everybody thinks we can do something. You want to do something about this? These mass shootings, these mass murders? You want this to end? Because we can end it. We can. I'm going to talk to you like adults here. This is going to take some sacrifice. But these, we can stop all of this. We can. We, this country can stop it all. All these mass murders... All these mass shootings, they can all come to an end. It's going to take a little bit of sacrifice. We're all adults here, right? I'm going to give you the adult way to handle this. This is how it can be stopped. We just have to make up our minds. We all make up our minds that we don't want any more mass killings. And then here's what we do. We all call our representatives. We contact our senators. We contact our congressmen. And we tell them, that we want the United States of America to launch all its nuclear weapons and just strafe the globe with nuclear bombs until there isn't one human being left alive. And then it'll end. Aside from that, we're all just going to have to grow up and realize that there's 300 million people in this country, and every once in a while, one of them's going to go sideways on us, and something bad's going to happen. And life is dangerous, and there isn't anything you can do about it, any more than you can do something about hurricanes, or tornadoes, or earthquakes, or forest fires, or disease. We're all going to die. Something's going to get all of us, even if it's just old age. There are people out there that are screwed up, and there's nothing you can do to stop them. They're just evil. And if you don't like the term evil because it's too religious, then uh, well, just, just stick to hard science then. They're mentally disturbed psychopaths. And they have one mission in mind, and that's to hurt a bunch of people. And the human brain is very innovative. It's a problem-solving machine. You make a law, it'll find a way around it. You take away the guns, it'll make a bomb. It has one goal in mind, and it's not going to stop until that goal's accomplished. Take, take both sides of, of the standard arguments that are going on right now. Uh, radical, mu Muslim, gun control, this... <laughs> This was just a warped, broken human being. The, the, gun, the gun control, uh, you know, that's an argument for a different kind of incident. You know, street crime, things like that. that that's, that's what the gun control argument is for. You, you can be pro or against, and that's a reasonable time to, to discuss whether or not it's too easy to get a gun in this country. This is a man who murdered 50 people in cold blood. 
All right? You, you think the brain in his head was going to be deterred if it couldn't get a gun? Legally? If he got turned down for that assault rifle, he was just going to go, oh, oh, well, I guess I'll just read a book. You know, I, I did have this bloodthirsty homicidal urge to murder an, uh, an, uh, an entire room full of people, but I can't get a gun. I guess, I don't know, maybe I'll just play Tetris. Come on. And, and, and the Muslim thing, you two, you people. But the Muslim, this doesn't have anything to do with the Muslim religion or even Muslim extreme. If the, he murdered 50 people. Let's say for the sake of argument, there I've never read the, any of the teachings of Muhammad. Let's say for the sake of argument, somewhere in there it says that a homosexual should be put to death. Did this guy question each person and say, are you gay, and then shoot them? Or did he just walk into a nightclub and start mowing people down? He's not, he's not even following the tenets of the most radical parts of Islam. He just wanted to murder people. If he never even heard of Islam, he would have went out and hurt a whole bunch of people because he's a warped psychopath. His brain is broken. And no amount of seeing a religion or not seeing a religion or being able to get a gun or not being able to get a gun was going to stop him or, should I say, satisfy him. You know, you... What are you going to do? You're going to give everybody a psychological exam? How are you going to pay for that? Where are all the psychiatrists going to come from? And even if you could, I got sad news for you. You can go on the internet right now and do a little research and figure out how to pass every psych test there is. So even that's not going to work. So we're all just going to have to grow up and realize that bad things happen and there's sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it. Any psychiatrist will tell you there is a percentage of people that are warped, deranged, vicious animals. And there always will be. And there's no way of rooting them out. And it's sad, and it's scary, and so is much of life. On the upside, that percentage is very small. And the percentage that manages to actually pull one of these things off is even smaller. Fifty people were killed in Orlando. What, what percentage of 300 million is 50? I, I can't, I don't know. My calculator doesn't even go up to a million, much less 300 million. So I don't know. But it's pretty damn small. These incidents are very rare. 300 million people, 365 days a year. You probably have better odds of being sucked up by a tornado and hit in the face with a copy of the Quran that's flying around and then landing on an assault rifle than being involved in one of these incidents. Most of us are going to die in the bathroom as far as percentages go. So everybody just relax. It's big and flashy and scary, but uh, odds are you really don't have to worry about it. All right? So can everybody stop acting like the world's coming to an end every time there's an incident like this, please?
because the more we act like idiots, the more we're treated like idiots. The more we act like children, the more we're treated like children. From our leaders and from the press. The reporting on this is just so asinine. I'll get into that in a minute. But let's all take a step back, have some perspective, huh? I mean, there's nothing good about this. It's disgusting and scary. But there is a couple at least. At least there weren't any kids this time. At least it wasn't two weeks before Christmas. So, so, so there's at least that. At least it was all grown adults who were probably drunk off their ass. Uh, of all the ways to go, you know, <laughs> being drunk off my ass in a nightclub in my 20s would probably be pretty far up the list on, on ways if I could pick how to die. That'd probably be in the top 10. And all these memes and changing uh, Facebook things to stand with Orlando... You're all you're all on your own with that one cuz I've lived in Orlando. <laughs> it's a it's a horrible place filled with dreadful people. It's the douchebag bro hot mess capital of the world. I ain't standing with none of it. Or- Orlando wasn't attacked. One nightclub there was attacked. I'm not standing with the, the rest of that god awful town because of a, a hundred people who were killed. God rest their souls. The rest of that town, <laughs> no thanks. I, I I lived there, couldn't get out fast enough. And, and I can name off about 20 other nightclubs that if this guy had went in there and strafed the place, I would have gave him a medal. <laughs> I would have said, ha, joke's on you, Isis. You actually made the world a better place. <laughs> no one's going to miss any of these bros you just offed. Except, you know, the, the jeweler at the mall who sells neck chain necklace chains or those ridiculous gold watches with the giant watch face god that town is awful it's all bros and hot messes who want it to be spring break all year long for their entire 20s and old people who moved away from their family so they wouldn't have their driver's license taken away (laughs) that's what's there it was built on a swamp, it smells like a swamp, and it's one prefab, ugly strip mall after the next. It's, it's just 20 miles of ugly strip malls. And we, uh, another at least, at least this guy just went in with a rifle and not a bomb, because the way they put buildings together in that god-awful town, uh, one, one pressure cooker bomb would have taken that whole building down and everyone would have been killed. And here's the first question that popped in my head, knowing Orlando. I'm, I'm seeing this story, and I'm reading that uh, 50 people were killed, another 53 were injured. Uh, I couldn't find anywhere whether that was how many were wounded and how, or how many were injured just trying to escape or, or trampled. Because good luck finding any facts about this story. You know, reporting before we all showed the world that we were morons, reporting used to be facts. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. 
Well, that's gone. Every story, now, it's four days later, there's still no facts out, but they've talked to the ex-wife, they've talked to the, the girlfriend, the dad, college buddies, they're talking about whether or not he was a closet homosexual, what his motivations were, what was he like in college. I couldn't find anywhere how many people were wounded and how, or how many people were hurt. <laughs> and here's why that's important. Again, knowing Orlando, uh, okay, he's got an assault rifle. If you don't know much about guns, you've never fired a gun, it's not like in the movies or video games. It's difficult to hit moving targets. He killed 50 people, 53, some number of the other 53 were wounded. All right? Uh, the rifle he had, I'm guessing he had to, he had to reload at least three times. That's a hell of a long time to be firing rounds into a room and people not escaping. <laughs> That's a long time to be pulling the trigger and not having the room be empty. How many people were in this building? Was it possibly beyond its legal capacity? Again, I ask this to someone who lived in Orlando and has been to an Orlando nightclub or two. Is some measure of the blame possibly on the nightclub owner? Hmm? Who, you know, he and he or she and the doorman just giving a blind eye to how many people are rolling in with cash on a busy Saturday after, Saturday night in the summer? Huh? Just watching the cash roll in. Maximum capacity be damned. You know, who cares? Whatever. Bring them in. Pack them in. Was it... Was it past maximum capacity? Is that why so many people were killed? Maybe? Hmm? I'm just asking this question because I can't find this anywhere. I can't even find an inkling of that question being asked anywhere. That's a hell of a lot of people who were killed by one person. Seems to me they were trapped. One gunman in a dark nightclub kills 50 people, wounds how many others? Before everybody's out of the building? Nah. I don't see anybody asking this question. At all. They're, they're too busy trying to find out whether he was secretly gay. Because that's more titillating. Whether or not we should ban guns because it's an election year and that's all we want to talk about are politics. Whether or not we should ban Muslims. Whether or not Trump's an a-hole. Whether or not Hillary's an a-hole. Whether or not the NRA is an a-hole. How about the a-hole running that club? How about we find out why people couldn't escape? How, can we how about we find out how come nobody could get out? One guy can only block one exit. And I can't imagine a lot of people were dragging their heels or looking for their coat before they, <laughs> before they left, right? Has anybody seen a floor plan of this place? Hmm? Because I couldn't find one. Anybody see any mention of how many exits there were? Because I couldn't find it. Isn't this a critical part of the story? You know, there, there's only two moving parts to this story, really. Uh, the shooter and the victims. So uh, we know what the shooter did. How come we don't know what the victims were doing? Huh? Were the victims all trapped in a mass of humanity because the a-hole owner let too many people in? What information is more important, more important than that? 
than the layout of the building and how many people were in it. But instead, while I'm looking for this, I'm getting stories about whether or not he was gay secretly. As if that matters if that matters now. But his motivation was his motivation was he's an a hate filled a hole. That was his motivation. <laughs> there. That that question solved. Now now how about we find out how how come he was able to kill so many people before they escaped? This guy had time to dial the police <laughs> and tell them what he was doing. Yeah. And but this is reporting now because we we don't bother to ask anymore from the press. The, the press gives us the red meat for us to argue about and that's all we care about. We read the headline in paragraph 1, figure out some way to argue politics or point fingers at each other and that's it. That's all we need. That's all so that's all they give us. Where he got the gun, what religion he was. Thanks. I got, I got a story here from the Washington Post. The Washington Post. This is this isn't some blog or Infowars or some crackpot news agency. The Washington Post. Headline: He was not a stable person. Quote unquote. Orlando Shooter showed signs of emotional trouble. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Washington Post. Showed signs of emotional trouble, huh? And by and by the way, that that headline really shouldn't even be the headline. Because I read through this story, uh, that wasn't determined by a psychiatrist. <laughs> they, they didn't talk to the guy's psychiatrist or anything. They, they talked to his ex-wife. <laughs> well, what's she going to say? She obviously doesn't have a very high opinion of the guy. She divorced him. So that, so there's a duh. Yeah. Then they talked to some other person who said, no, he seemed fine to me, just real quiet. And then some other person said he seemed aggressive. And they're just interviewing a bunch of people that he knew. Neighbors, college, guy he knew in college, some dude he went to the gym with, his ex-wife, his dad. It's the latest, laziest reporting you can imagine. Just track these people down and get a quote. That's not, that's not reporting. That's a, that's called a lead. See what a reporter is supposed to do is go talk to these people and then try try and find not just get quotes about whether or not they thought the guy was nutty. Try try to find some kernel of information to track down a larger story. Or track or find some more interesting spin on it. You know, find some other angle to investigate. See, that's, that's what reporters used to do. But now they just stop at talking to the ex-wife. Okay, talk to the ex-wife. Here, hold on a second. Let me, I'll scroll down to that part. Blah, 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 blah. But there were also early signs of emotional trouble. Uh, this, is, this is from the Washington Post story. But there also were signs of... Ah, sorry. But there also were early signs of emotional trouble and a volatile temper, according to Sitara Yusufai, who was briefly married to Mateen. Yusufai described Mateen as an abusive husband who beat her repeatedly while they were married. He was not a stable person, she told the Washington Post. He beat me. He would just come home and start beating me up because the laundry wasn't finished or something like that. That's not a new that's not news. That's a lead. See, that's a lead. 
You, you follow that lead. Okay, he beat his wife. That means, uh, and they were divorced, and she got divorced. So now what you do with that lead, Washington Post, is you find out if she ever called the police, if there's any police record of him beating her, if she filed a report, if she mentioned the physical abuse in the divorce paperwork or in the divorce hearing. When she filed for divorce, did she put down that he was abusive? Because if he did, if she did, now we can start asking ourselves how the F this guy got a concealed carry permit. Because earlier in the story, and we've all heard this already, the FBI checked on this guy twice and didn't find anything. They checked on him twice and didn't find anything, but the Washington Post uh, talked to the ex-wife and she said he, he used to beat the hell out of her. So which is it? Did, did the FBI not bother to talk to the ex-wife? Or did the ex-wife lie to the FBI? See, this is a lead. You take that information and you find something else out. Is there a police report? Why didn't she tell the FBI? Did she tell the FBI? If she told the FBI, then how come they didn't pay closer attention to this a-hole? But this is reporting. It used to be a phrase called yellow journalism. What we have now here is uh, just give these a-holes something to read journalism. Because all, all these news agencies know that we're just going to read the first paragraph, maybe. We're just going to read the headline and then maybe the first paragraph. So just quick, uh, interview some people, throw, throw a story up. Just give me nine paragraphs so people turn to the Washington Post. P people are clicking around. Every, every legitimate newspaper agency is now, it's now just clickbait. Was he gay? He used to beat his wife. He is, you know, mentally unstable. It's the headline. The headline here should be, he beat his wife. Question mark. <laughs> is this documented anywhere? Possibly. She had to file for divorce. What did she put down as the reason? You see, you see what I'm saying here? And this whole story is filled with that. It's paragraph after paragraph of leads that, that they're not bothering to follow up on. And it's not just the Washington Post. It's every single news agency. I, I could grab any, any story that's up on this cat and find a lead where if you bothered, if you had any ambition, if you gave a flying F, you could dig a little deeper and find something else out that would actually be interesting and important and worth reading instead of three paragraphs of whether or not he was a quiet guy or whether or not he had a volatile temper. Was he abusive or was he a quote-unquote private man who kept to himself? This is nine paragraphs of conflicting opinions and hearsay. That's what they're giving us because that's all we ask for. Here's another example. They're talking about how he's got a YouTube channel. I'm, I'm sorry, his dad has a YouTube channel where, where uh, he makes such comments such as, uh, in one video, the elder Mateen, this is uh, the a-hole's dad, expresses gratitude toward the Afghan Taliban while denouncing the Pakistani government. Our brothers in Wazirizitan... I murdered that name, but whatever. Our warrior brothers in the Taliban movement and the National Afghan Taliban are rising up, he said. 
So the guy's dad's making pro-Taliban statements on YouTube. They don't bother to tell us when this video was posted. Was it posted last week? Was it posted when the guy was going through college? Was it posted when? YouTube's been around for a while. Was, was this posted when the kid was growing up? When was this posted? <laughs> the guy's making pro the guy's dad's making pro Taliban statements. They didn't bother to tell us when. Was it last week? Three years ago? Was the was uh, the a hole still living at home at the time? When? Washington Post. I'm just I'm just some jerk on the internet with a stupid podcast. And this is jumping out at me. This is your job, Washington Post. How about you follow up on something? How about you give us some information? Oh, and by, by the way, the dad was quoted in this story, so <laughs> apparently they didn't bother to grill him about his pro-Taliban statements. They just, you know, so you think maybe your kid was gay or what? No? It was just quiet? Okay, thanks. Bye. This way, you know, we've got two candidates running for office, neither of which should be president. One of them is going to be president. You, you, you need look no further than this. The the press complete, completely phoning it in on this story and every story as far back as I can remember now, it seems like. <laughs> Here's another good one. Yusufai, that's his ex-wife, said she met Mateen through an online dating service and eventually agreed to move to Florida to be with him. The two were married, married in March 2009 and moved into the Fort Pierce condo that Mateen's family owned. Alrighty. Moved from where? From Saudi Arabia or from Nebraska? Where did she move from? What online dating service? Did you bother to look up his, his profile? Maybe find something in there? I mean, come on! It doesn't even tell us where she moved from. Is, did she move from another country or from another part of this country? And either she's contradicting herself or they have the story wrong. Because she, she says down here that they were only married for three months. But in the story, it says uh, they were married in 2009 and divorced in 2011. That's three years, but by my math, or two years and some odd months. So d did she move out? Were, were they just cohabitating? Were they separated? What? Where's the, where's the information? <sighs> when did they meet? How long did they know each other before they got married? She says they were married three months. So uh, they were married three months and got a divorce. They met online. So how long did she know this guy? That they're, in, they're, they're interviewing her to find out what he was like. Uh, they don't even tell us how long she knew him. Was it, were they together for three years, for six years? Did they date? for three years and then get married or did they just meet online and she married him to stay to move to this country and then split I mean what's going on can we can we know that because if you're not going to bother to tell us that then why bother telling us any of this why bring her up in the first place 
It's not like you're going to get an unbiased opinion from somebody's ex-wife. This paragraph here, uh, earlier in the story, while Mateen claimed allegiance to Islamic State leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, I'm murdering that name, but you know what? Nobody can pronounce my nobody can pronounce my last name, so I don't feel bad. No evidence had emerged by late Sunday pointing to actual ties to terrorist groups or a significant association with jihadist causes. And although family members said Mateen had expressed anger about homosexuality, the shooter had no record of previous hate crimes. Now, what are they determining is a tie? being tied to an Islamic to the Islamic state what are they quantifying that as he has to have a a decoder ring and know the secret handshake what i mean he got he called 911 and said he was doing it on behalf of ISIS his dad is spouting pro Taliban gibberish on YouTube for who knows how long and who knows how long ago Here's the best part. Just a paragraph later, uh, blah, blah, blah. Mateen had a blemish-free record when he applied for a Florida license to carry concealed weapons, and again when he legally purchased two firearms, including an assault-style semi-automatic rifle just a few days before the shootings. Oh, hold on a second. Okay, here's what I was looking for. He had twice come under investigation by the FBI, once for comments suggesting an affinity for Islamist groups and the second time for vague connections to another Florida man who traveled to Syria to become a suicide bomber. That, that to me, sounds like ties. It sounds like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, vague connections. What does vague connections mean? What's the name of the guy who became, went to Syria to become a suicide bomber? How long, was, how long was he in relations of some way, shape, or form to this guy? How long ago did the guy travel to Syria and become a suicide bomber? What did he blow up? Under whose, under whose glorious name did he blow himself up? The Taliban or ISIS? It's a, this is just a story full of leads. There's, there's no actual story here. This, this is what you would expect to be in the, the notepad in the, of a reporter who's going to go pick out the best lead out of this mess to go find an actual story. And this is and this is every story I've found about this incident. They're not bothering to do any actual reporting. Uh, they're trying they just want headlines and they want to titillate us because that's all we're asking them for. Congratulations everybody. Continue arguing about guns and Muslims. Because, you know, it's not like we need the press to be vigilant or anything. You know? It's not like we, we have two presidential candidates who should have been vetted out and ch- chucked in the garbage a long time ago. You know, if the press did their jobs. But we don't demand they do their jobs, so they didn't do their jobs. So these are the two choices they ha- that we have, and and on it goes and it continues, on and on and on. So whatever, great, super. Continue to argue amongst yourselves. I don't really have anything more to say about this. It's disgusting. The reporting is pathetic, and that's all. I wish everybody would just 
grow the hell up and start behaving like adults and demanding that we're all treated like adults by our leaders and by our press. That would be nice. <coughs> Pardon me. And if by chance there's any reporter out there listening to me, here's a few things we'd like to know. How many people were in that nightclub? Was it was it over capacity? Is that why people couldn't get out? Where the hell did this guy's ex-wife come from? This country or somewhere else? Did she file any reports or let anybody know about the physical abuse? Is that documented anywhere that the FBI could have found? How, how big an influence was this a-hole's a-hole dad? How much of him spouting off pro-Taliban rhetoric was going on when this a-hole was growing up? Who's the guy he knew who blew himself up? Where did he blow himself up? Just a few leads for you. you. If you could check on those, that would be great. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Uh, I don't know when that'll be. <laughs> I don't know. Quite, uh, quite frankly, uh, I'm fine with just doing this podcast around Christmas time. I'm, uh, I'm perfectly fine with that. So maybe that's all we'll do it. We'll just, maybe we'll just do it around Christmas time. I don't know. I know I've got a busy month and a half coming up. I'm not even sure if this audio software is working properly. If this podcast is really quiet, except for the parts where I was screaming, sorry. www.astrangersvoice.com is where you can get more podcasts and blogs. Until next time, think.